Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. I'm David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I like to sit down with an actor or artist friend, and then we watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Then I hit record and we synopsize the show, talk about other stuff. I obsess over incredibly unimportant details, and hopefully all of us, including you, the listener, have some fun along the way. This week, my guest is Lisa Wolf Pankal. I work with Lisa at the Citizens of Hollywood at a, a certain major theme park entity here in Central Florida. Lisa is super funny. She's super fun. She is also a super mom. I don't think we talk that much about her daughters, but uh, judging by the way she's uh, raising her kids, Lisa is really one of those people that falls into that super mom category. Uh, She's just a great, great gal, and we have a lot of fun this week. Lisa and I watched the episode called Dear Me. It's season three, episode nine. And the original air date was December 23rd, 1981. I think we're ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Lisa Wolf-Pankal. Welcome, Lisa Wolf-Pankal. Thank you, David Almeida. You've been to my home before now. Oh, I love it so. Only here at Christmas time. Up for our annual cookie baking party. For the citizens of Hollywood. We bake and... (laughs) consume enough sugar to neuter a yak, I swear. (laughs) That sounds uncomfortable. I love uh, everybody's recipes that they come up with. Mm -hmm. I always pick something that Mm -hmm. I've never made before. And and, I do do it here. And I do, literally, I do the same things every year that are always the tried and true. Well, because everybody loves what you do. uh, I I maybe make my... (laughs) Avocado chocolate truffles. Oh, the best. Everybody loves those. Oh. And uh, I I really feel, com- if you're baking cookies, it's yeah. like a chocolate chip cookie of some mm-hmm. variety has mm-hmm. to happen. Oh, and it does. And uh, <laughs> so we have just watched this episode entitled Dear Me. And um, it originally broadcast in late 1981. And before I started recording, you were telling me about during this time how you were saying all the girls identified with. Yes. Now, talk about your history with the show. Well, I was only three years old in 1981. That's <laughs> you not too. true. That's not true. Uh, yeah. I mean, when that show came out, of course, in 1979, everybody chose one that they identified with. Yeah. You know, whether it was the gorgeous, they wanted to be the gorgeous Blair. We all wanted to be Blair. They all did. Even though they knew they were the Tootie or the Natalie mm-hmm. or the uh, always wanted to be the cool, yeah. knew how to say everything, Joe. Yeah. You know, Joe always had the best lines, I thought. And and she was just so no-nonsense. That right. was, I think, the appeal of Joe. It's not, that, yeah. not just that she was such a strong-willed character, but mm-hmm. it's the fact that she was always there as a voice of reason. There was just no... Well, I'm... I hate to use this word, Lisa, mm. but no bullshit. Oh, you swore. <laughs> Lisa said she was not going to swear on <laughs> I'm this. going to try. Still feel free I'm to. I'm going to try not to, but um, I can't help it. Yes. But that's so what's when the... you were three, were you watching? Did you watch this show <laughs> in the first run, or did Every you week. catch it later Every in reruns? Week. There were no VCRs. No. <laughs> <laughs> Those hadn't come out yet. Anyways, mm. um, I, I think that that's why this show holds up to mm-hmm. today is because everybody identifies 
with that person mm -hmm. uh, and loves the idea of having great friends who are going to be there through thick and thin. You're going to mm -hmm. fight. You're going to have, you know, disagreements. You're going to not want to tell people the truth. Like mm -hmm. Tootie didn't want to tell the truth, what she was really feeling Yeah. in this episode. Yeah. But then the truth comes out, right? Truth always does. Yeah. And that is such an adult thing. <laughs> don't you, honestly, don't you, now as people of a certain age, does it ever even occur to you to ever lie about something as opposed to, oh, what a pain in the ass. You know why? To keep up a ruse like that? Yeah, it's too much. I, I no. just say, you know what? I didn't renew my, my license plate tags. Whoops. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to lie to you. I yeah. forgot to do it. Slipped my mind. Yeah. Or, you know, oh my gosh, yeah. I forgot you were coming here tonight. It slipped my mind. Yeah. I always joke. It's like, oh, I'm just a super honest person because I always get caught. So I don't even bother to try to do any crap now. So typically before we start in with actually going through the episode with a fine tooth comb, okay. I like to ask my guest yeah. if uh, they would please, in just a sentence or two, mm -hmm. give a overall synopsis of everything of the whole show like like a listing you might see in tv guide right would you lisa please do I'd, that for me now? i'd be delighted this was uh season three episode nine correct dear me mm -hmm. and i think it really circled around tootie who mm -hmm. we all know and love little kim feels she's the cutest mm -hmm. uh yes so the the four girls are planning a hike uh and the four boys are there with them they're also planning, uh, and the boys are peer pressuring the young man, Zach, to, you know, start cozying up to Tootie, and Tootie feels uncomfortable right away. Yes. You could see it. Mm -hmm. um, and the boy keeps coming back and charging back, and the boys are nudging him, go talk to her again every time he'd come back. Mm -hmm. uh, and so after this exchange going back and forth, Tootie was super uncomfortable. She didn't want to go, what, what did they call it, the rock? The Cooper's, Cooper's Rock. Cooper's Rock. This has come up before. Yes. Cooper's Rock is a is a location of note in the Facts of Life cinematic universe. Is that where everyone goes to knack? Yeah, I think okay. so. All right. So think, Tootie think, was very I think the kids do some heavy petting up there. <laughs> oh, creepy. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, she knew what was going on, so she made up a fake boyfriend. I can't mm -hmm. go. I have a fake boyfriend. I'm going to get my typewriter out, and I'm going to write a letter mm -hmm. from him. Um, mm -hmm. And then, and then when you tell a lie, people believe it, and everything turns out perfectly okay. Correct? Absolutely not. Just the opposite. What? what? In a sitcom? Yes. Exactly what happened. She thought they would take it all in and say, "Oh, you have a boyfriend. You can't go." Yeah. But no, Blair wanted to take it one step further and get that boyfriend to come in and uh, surprise Tootie and everybody mm -hmm. go for that big hike together. Yes. Lovely. Thank yeah. you for that. Sure. So we begin this episode <laughs> with uh, this group meeting happening in the cafeteria. Mrs. Garrett is at the center of it, and they're clearly setting up that we're wrapping up. And it's like, okay, so next Friday we'll plan this and yeah, la, la. And by the way, you're welcome to do your Mrs. Garrett impression. <sighs> Let me just tell you about when, Mrs. Garrett. When the time Garrett. comes, okay, when you're inspired. Ahead. Okay. When okay. I'm inspired. Yeah, when you're inspired. Um, so among the people sitting around, there's some girls. There are some boys there, too. Cuties. Yes. Now, among the girls, we have Blair and Joe and Tootie and Natalie and also Nancy. Nancy, whom we have not seen for a few episodes. Yeah. And 
I wasn't sure if she was gone, gone. She's got a couple more episodes before she is she exits the series altogether. But it is good that they brought her in, and it was appropriate that they brought her in because we're about to get into uh, her and Roger stuff. Nancy's running thing was always this boyfriend, Roger. In season one, she was always on the phone talking to him. Now, the boys are clearly boys from Bates Academy. Bates is the uh, sibling school to Eastland, where they are, I believe, only a mile away. They're very close. And so anytime the girls need to go on a date or they need to have a dance or something or an event like this, automatically to make it co-ed, it's a joint thing between Eastland and Bates. And if you're not sure, the boy with the dark hair who is sitting next to Nancy, mm-hmm. who is not Roger. Not Roger. Uh, his shirt is with the Bates colors, but it says literally in text, Bates Academy on his shirt. <laughs> If you're not sure, it was very obvious. And uh, one a of them pretty had, little iron on, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and one of them had like a letter sweater type of a thing. In the yeah. same, I think their color is like green and gold or something. Um, Blair is being fawned over oh. by this very pretty blonde man. I mean, he is hot. He's so cute. Yes. He's a total Malibu Ken type. Oh my God, with yeah. the long blonde hair. Oh. I mean, beautiful. His mm-hmm. name, the character's name is Paul. We looked up his, the actor's name is David Wallace. And if you find him on IMDb, his actual name is David Wysocki. And apparently Wysocki is his real name. Wallace was a, an old name from... Maybe a stage name. It was a stage name, yeah. And uh, he has some credits. He's mm-hmm. been working and still is working and has a credit even as recently as last year. Now, Lenny, the dark-haired boy with Bates Academy on his chest... His, uh, his, the actor's name is Philip Linton, and his career ends at oh, 1992. So I don't know if it's, maybe he left the business uh, of his own volition. Let's, Let's hope so. say. But that's, that's, we're, we're in almost in 1982 now. So we're, we're losing, we only have 10 more years left, buddy. <laughs> and your career, you're out of here. Um, so Mrs. Garrett asks she has to leave she's like okay the meeting's over and i'm leaving and she asks to borrow tootie's typewriter and uh do you remember what it was she was needing to type i don't i don't either it doesn't matter but this is an important plot device it's coming in later Mm -hmm. so she asked to borrow her typewriter and uh tootie says of course you can't as soon as Mrs. Garrett leaves the room, Lisa, what happens? Well, Paul tells everybody, huddle back in, everybody. I know, get over here. Because we're at the camping trip or the hiking trip. Which is what is being planned. I'm right. sorry, I wasn't, I didn't say that. It is a camping slash hiking trip that is being planned for the upcoming weekend with Eastland and Bates. That's right. And there's going to be two chaperones, mm-hmm. Mrs. Garrett. And Mr. Um... Fogarty. There he is. Mr. Fogarty was going to be there. So, wait for this sound. It was a uh, sound of a, a coyote. Like an owl? Yeah. Kind of a thing. And that's when everybody should head over to Cooper's Rock. Cooper's Rock. And apparently some sort of a nearby stream yeah. for uh, skinny dipping. Yeah. So they, these kids are planning well, some... Well, Tootie did not like that idea at uh, all. Everybody no. else was excited. Everyone else was About totally into it. To this, this chicanery, this yeah. uh, this crazy shenanigans, hullabaloo, and Jack and, and Napery. I believe Natalie was going to be wearing her sweatsuit. 
which With, is totally my speed. Uh, <laughs> I would have done that too. One of the one of the jokes that that lands pretty pretty hard is, uh, like you said, Tootie is initially she's actually kind of working. Like she is she's, she's setting the table, yeah. trying to get ready for dinner yeah, for she's everybody. She's kind of being already elusive and less yeah. interested in this whole thing, and then. When it comes to skinny dipping, Tootie's like, isn't it going to be awfully cold? And Natalie goes, so we'll wear our gloves. <laughs> and then I think she adds, and our sweatsuits like last year, which was pretty Aww, funny. that Natalie. She always laughs at her own jokes, doesn't she? She can't she, keep a straight face. She struggles. She does. She, this episode, we're kind of at like a, an eight. Of her, you can tell her, you can see her trying hard not to laugh oh, at her own jokes. Oh, she's very proud of herself. But, she's, but her timing is so good. It's so good. And we love her so much. Oh, I loved her. Um, so uh, just a, a nice little reference of the time. The boy, uh, Paul, who is mm-hmm. fawning over Blair, is like, oh, I love your perfume. Be sure to wear your perfume. And Blair turns and says, it's, it's going to be... be- an aviance night. night. Do you remember that commercial? Aviance. I love it. That is at every drugstore. That is drugstore perfume yes. like Charlie. Yeah. We did Jean Nate. Jean Exclamation. <laughs> I mean, I know all of them. I'm yeah. Primo by Giorgio or <laughs> something like that. Oh my god. But yes, there was a that was a direct quote to a, a TV commercial that Lisa and I may or may not remember from our infancy or when we were in vitro very young in 1981 yes um now cooper's rock has come in to play before Mm -hmm. cooper's rock is apparently the place in peak skill where the kids go to be a little on the naughty side Uh oh in an earlier episode there was a young student named cynthia who returned to eastland who had a baby and she was a young mother she was married she wasn't she wasn't a mother, unwed mother. Mm-hmm. She was a wed mother, but got married due to her pregnancy at a fairly young age. And of the talk of her life before that, they talked about how she would kind of run off with guys or be fun. And one of them was going off to Cooper's Rock. And at one point she disappears. And when she comes back, she's like, I was just at Cooper's Rock, kind of remembering the good old days and needing one last look back and... So, yeah, this is uh, very nice that in the F-O-L-C-U, the Facts of Life Cinematic Universe, as I discuss, <laughs> uh, Cooper's Rock uh, is still a consistent place where the kids go for the for the necking and the uh, other naughty stuff. We had a place like that growing up back in Garfield Heights, Ohio. Oh, yeah? Sure. What was it called? Tinker's Creek. Tinker. That was it. But listen, people. Is that we- what it was called or is that what you did? No. Both. <laughs> uh, it was called Tinker's Creek, and that's where we would have our beer beer bongs, mm-hmm. uh, kegs, keg wow. parties would be over there. Girl, oh, yeah. we did. We meant business. Wow, great place to grow up. We didn't have a place in Brockton, Mass. <laughs> we didn't have a place that I knew of that was like that for. Um, I mean, honestly, you know what it was? The drive-in theaters. Sure. That was a big thing. Oh, we yeah. still had drive-ins. They were just on we the way too. out, we, yeah. but they still existed in, mm-hmm. in my day. And there was one more thing I did want to point out when uh, Nancy does mention Roger, and she says, oh, yeah, Cooper's Rock was fun. All the Someone mentioned hiking and exploring, and someone went, yeah, exploring. And she says, uh, I remember when Roger and I went there, and someone said, yeah, that was... 
last year, didn't the both of you come back with poison ivy? And Nancy says, we also came back going steady. And it's like, Nancy, uh, you and Roger have been an item since season one. And we're, all, we're halfway through season three now. So you're, you're pushing two years in this relationship. I think you were steady before that. Maybe uh, Roger didn't know. Maybe, maybe she wasn't. Maybe. You never know. Um, then Mrs. Garrett does point out no hanky-panky on this trip. She and Mr. Fogarty are going to be the... Um, chaperones. Chaperones, thank you. And at one point, somebody says, well... They've got to sleep sometime. sometime. And she says, we'll take turns. <laughs> um, so with Tootie kind of walking around working and being kind of lost in her work, the boys are all, hey. And so they are nudging this boy, Zach. Zach. So Zach kind of makes a play for Tootie and is all, hey, you going on the thing? Maybe we could go to Cooper's Rock. Can't wait to see you there. He's coming on a little bit strong. Oh, Yeah. Tootie is clearly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Zach does not know how to read the room here. It's a frequent problem for, for many people Well, he's on under show. pressure. He's getting nudged from those yeah. boys. He's, he's getting elbows in the right. ribs. So he's like, hey, uh-huh. Tootie, what's up? Yeah. So I have to point out something. Yeah. Bizarre. Bizarre. Oh, no. When I saw this actor, I was like, that's Jeff. And then when they introduced him as Zach and he's talking to Tootie, I was like, oh, God, that's not Jeff. Um, there is a character that comes up in the show later named mm-hmm. Jeff. Same actor. Different name on the show. He will return to the show. This actor will come back in, not just in a different character. He will be Jeff, who will be Tootie's boyfriend. Yes. And then in the reunion movie, we learn he is the father of her child and that he died. No. So in the reunion movie... In 2001, Tootie is a single mom. She's a very successful talk show host. But she's a single mother, and she mentions in passing, Jeff was so-and-so's dad, and when Jeff died, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, holy crap, that's That's heavy for a sitcom. That's a lot to unload. But it's very quickly done, isn't it? It's very... Quick, quick, quick. Let's get some dinner going, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, too bad my husband's dead. Ooh, cheese fries. (laughs) But um, I just have to point out that Seeing this actor in Tootie, I was like, oh my God. My first thought was, did they meet this early? It's such a sitcom thing to have them meet when they're 14 and end up getting married and having a family. But I could see why they brought him back because there was chemistry. Agreed. They were really good together. They were. And And he's charming. I have no idea how old this young actor was in 1981, but he was the perfect amount of flirt. Which, I don't know why. I mean, why why are you so nervous about this, Judy? He was being harmless and fun and cute and adorable. Yeah. She should have played along, but she didn't. But she didn't. But right. Because she was nervous, she was scared, and I get it. Well, she's the youngest she's young. of the group. And right. they, you know, it's a very important thing. But there was great chemistry between the two of them. And that's the responsibility of the male actor. His name is Todd Hallowell. Hmm. In this, in this episode, it looks like he was billed as Todd Hollowell, H-O-L-L-O-W-E-L-L. Mm-hmm. This is his first appearance as Zach, and then he appears in What Price Glory in 1983, which is season five, episode five. So we, we have another two years before so he comes back. Okay. How much younger is Judy from the girls? 14. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, that's a little, I mean, 14 is a little young for a girl maybe to start feeling pressure about sex if she's not ready for it. Too young. Too young. Too young to have sex. Too young. That's again. my opinion. However, having oh. older girlfriends is a great thing because you can ask so many questions that you might not feel comfortable asking a parent. Oh, sure, yeah. So it's, it's a great little setup they have there, which uh, is why they call it the facts of life. The facts of life, exactly. Perfect. Todd Hallowell really drops off the world after the facts of life playing wow. Jeff. And uh, I, hope, I hope he didn't actually die. When they, the decision to kill off Jeff, I hope he didn't die for reals. But, um, well, David, I'm going to have to do some research because I, I want to make you feel better about yeah, that. Yeah, well, I'll do it before and I'll post it on okay. our website. Of okay, course. good. So, with all this pressure, with this boy coming on a little bit strong, yeah. but again, he was really sweet and cute and charming, mm-hmm. and we liked them together we nonetheless. Uh, 2D suddenly announces she's not going to this hiking camping weekend not going and it's because of her boyfriend whose name is teddy and they're like who's Who's teddy Teddy? it's like this boy i met at camp last summer and right away blair was like well that was last summer yeah that's old news (laughs) right that's not how you play the field dear (laughs) it's so blair and natalie right away why didn't you ever tell me this i want she almost seems yeah. Upset, yeah, right? because they're besties. They are, they are besties. besties. Down to the core. And and Blair does also kind of have a a little skepticism about it. She's like, why haven't we heard about this guy before? Hmm. I forget how the scene ends. It ends somewhat abruptly to move us into the bedroom where uh, I did check to see. I could see the rim of a sombrero. <laughs> I explained the sombrero thing with Lisa. And uh, we looked in there. It was there. But... Tootie, up in her bedroom, decides to write a letter to herself. So that's why the episode's called Dear Me. I see what they did there. See how they did that? And so she puts uh, some paper into her typewriter, important plot point that will come into play later. Mm -hmm. And she starts typing herself a letter. And then we dissolve to the parlor where she is reading the letter aloud to her girlfriends. Now talk about the letter, Lisa. Tell well, us a little bit what was the, in there. The most exciting thing to me about the letter is that here she is having this sweet little boy, Zach, uh-huh. flirting with her, and she couldn't take it. Oh my God, it was mm-hmm. t- t- too hard for her to, to deal with in her sweet little head. And they could see that, clear, plain and simple. But when she's reading this letter, Teddy mm-hmm. is saying... The world is so unfair. You have to live so far away. <laughs> Cruel world. Yes. Um, and, of course, she was reading this with full heart mm-hmm. and taking deep breaths in between her pauses. Yes. Oh, isn't he just the most? And uh-huh. so, of course, being so theatrical. Yes. Uh, and he was saying, I couldn't bear it mm-hmm. knowing that you were going to go on a hike with the all boys school, here's school, we're gonna all be together. Thank you for not going. Yeah, reinforcing her, yes. her little ruse there. Mm-hmm. Among the things that uh, 2D reads is, uh, you're too good for me and I love you so dearly and I can't go on with this torture. And Blair says, <laughs> oh, if you only knew how many men have said that to me. And Joe says, I can't go on with this torture. <laughs> 
perfect. Bum, bam. Love. Hard hit. That girl, every time, she gets the best lines because she can deliver them. She is Eve Arden, man, and <laughs> she is crushing. When it's not, when the show is not about Joe and yeah. they give her the zingers, yes. she, she so deftly goes from being the leading lady to the supporting player. Good actor. And 15 years old. Yeah. How old are your kids? 19 and 12. So, uh, yeah. That's insane yeah. that she is that young and that talented. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mrs. Gar- oh, and, and the big thing, she, the, the sign off is signed. It's a big I love you signed your hunka hunka burning love. <laughs> Cut to Mrs. Garrett's eyes bulging out of her head. Like, <laughs> um, well, David, she knows she's had biology. She's you a- figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's a woman of the world. <laughs> so she does question Tootie. Separately from the girls in right. the other, in the cafeteria. Because she's concerned. Yeah, she's like, hunka, how hunka. serious is this? Because right. this, this language is really over the top, borderline fairy tale and kind of And those girls are her responsibility. Stuff. And Tootie says, oh, it's not that big a deal. I live here and he lives there, Mrs. Garrett. The only one delivering is the mailman. <laughs> <laughs> and Mrs. Garrett that's just... huge. For her, but fourteen. For fourteen, but that's that's almost a little too clever. Yeah. But Mrs. Garrett, even though Tootie is saying that to reassure her, the fact that Tootie even talks about delivering, or even knows knows what it what means, deliver. But well, she knows what it means because, of course, they had a sex ed class. We did that one time a season and a half ago. Correct. Yes, and Mrs. Garrett's the one that taught them. She knows it all. Yep. With her Gibson girl hairdo. I know. Bless. <laughs> Love. We have gone on so much about that hair. I and know. What is happening? Mm-mm. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, so then Blair and Joe and Natalie left in the parlor, separate from Tootie, are like, we actually feel bad that Tootie and this boy can't be together and he's suffering so horribly. And then Blair says, I just had one of my brilliant ideas. That's a Blair Warner staple. We, we <laughs> love it. And she says, what if I arranged to fly Teddy up here so he could surprise Tootie and go on the camping trip? And then all will be well because they were so upset. Tootie wasn't going exactly. on the trip. Exactly. This is this plan can't fail. Oh, thank goodness for Blair's money. And yes, rich, rich people and their privilege are a good thing. It turns out. In episode nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we go back up to the bedroom yeah. and Tootie is up there. And uh, for, let me honestly, very little happens in this scene other than Natalie comes in and Natalie cannot. In a very un-Natalie type of way, Natalie can't keep the secret. No. She is so excited. She's so excited for her best friend. I know. Typically, Tootie is the one who's the, they can't trust with stuff. But now it's spilled over to Natalie. So Natalie um, says, well, suppose you could go. Well, I can't go because, well, suppose maybe. Somebody was rich enough to buy him a ticket. And she's like, who? Suppose it was Blair. And so Tootie has a very bad reaction to the applause of the audience because they know it's time to go to commercial. And she literally says down under her breath, oh, no. Yeah. No, she's, she's full on. Yeah, this is catastrophic in her little world it is they're gonna find her out and yeah and again (laughs) lying and keeping up a 
Oh, that's such a young people's thing of it's lying so and hard. thinking you're going to get away with it. Don't. It's... I just, I, who has the energy? Jeez. Um, so we're at uh, we're at commercial break now oh, for okay. the show. During okay. commercial break, Lisa, I like to do a little getting to know you section interview with my All right. with my friends slash. Let me put my slippers on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you don't need to take out that pipe, Lisa. But if you want, there's some tobacco growing out in the field. Perfect. <laughs> so, Lisa, mm. you and I know each other through the Citizens of Hollywood. That's right. We go way back, David. I would even venture to say, what, what was your first year in there? 2010. Uh, 11. I almost said seven. Okay. And you were actually not there that much because you were... I was a sub. Still, you were a substitute because yes. you were still in mom mode working part-time, correct? Well, uh, I had already had... Ava was already... She was born in 2006, but I do believe I was a three-day oh, by okay. the time you got there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you were definitely not full-time no. five-day. No. Um, Between one and three. Yeah. Day. And, uh, but I was still working other places. I have said this so many times before, but the people who work with the citizens of Hollywood are the funniest, <laughs> most talented, delightful people, and you are among... Uh, my favorites, just because of our connection to sugar and cookies and baking and how much we love food. Oh. And um, thank you, David. What sweet words. Oh well. Sam, back at you. Oh, sweet. So, uh, but let's leave us turn back the clock, and let's get to know you, and let's okay. let's talk a bit about your upbringing, etc. So, uh, Lisa. Yeah. In James Lipton style, I always ask. Oh, where I love were, it. Where were you born? I was born. In a shed. I was born uh, in a little town called Garfield Heights, Ohio. Garfield Heights, yeah, Ohio. It's a you... suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. And so you are a Midwestern gal. That's me. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we ate meat every night. Um, <laughs> my grandmother, Frances Scaccioni Maroney, who was married to my grandfather, Rocco, mm-hmm. in uh, 1919. And they were married in Italy, Naples, and they both got on a ship and traveled to the Americas. So the Maroni Rossitoni family came here. Wow. And um, my now, grandmother that Maroni, lived with us. M O R O N I, like the Italian Maroni, or is that like e, the. No, I. Oh, Mar- Maroni. Okay. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. So this is not like the Megan Maroni, no. Irish Maroni. No. God, I love that girl. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yeah, my grandmother uh, lived in our home with us. Uh-huh. And I grew up, of course, with my parents mm-hmm. and my two older brothers. And uh, and so the Italian side, what is... My mother. Is uh, That's Constance. your mother's side is yes, the Italian. Yes, Scatoni. And, uh, and your, my father... What's your father's side? Russell Wolf. He was the funniest man in the world. Uh-huh always had something funny to say, taught me so much about comedy and liveliness and Mm -hmm. uh, goodness, and it's easier to be happy and to rise above than to stay squelched. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure. And what nationality was he? Um, German. German? Bohemian, yeah. Oh, Wolf. I guess Wolf with an E, that's that's very German. So um, were you... Uh, trained to be an actress. How did you did you go to school after you complete? Assuming you completed high school, <laughs> um, did you study theater and performance in your secondary education? How did you come to be an actress, 
And then the next uh, part of that question is, how did you come to be in Orlando? I'll do a very quick Reader's Digest version. Do it. My mother loved music and musicals Mm. and took me to a tap class Uh. and lied about my age and said, oh, yeah, she's five, but I was three. Oh, no. And um, I, she, she lied. How do you oh, absolutely. pass off a three-year-old? Well, you know, I... She's little for her age. I guess probably... And she doesn't speak. But other than that, <laughs> she's a normal five-year-old. I just was very happy to be there and bubbly and smiling, and I loved mm-hmm. hearing that tap. And the teacher said, can you do this? And probably taught me a shuffle step yeah. or what have you. And I picked up right away. So the teacher said, bring her back next week. Oh. And I stayed with that group, that age range. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until many years later she found out my real age. <laughs> so it's like you're like a Tootie or a or a Joe where they've the living the living lie where you are pretending. <laughs> That's, That's right. why I asked you to be on this episode, Lisa, because I knew <laughs> at the core of your point. existence was a massive. There it is. There it was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I fell in love with the dance at a very young age, Mm -hmm. tapping. And, of course, from there, I went on to taking ballet and jazz modern Mm -hmm. and just consumed my life. I loved it. I had to do it. And every summer I spent taking two or three classes a day, driving downtown Cleveland, you know, just like every young girl. My brother David was really into dance and ballet and was one of the first members of the Cleveland Ballet. Oh, really? So, um he lived downtown mm-hmm. so he helped mold all of that yeah. where he very quickly moved to new york city and uh once he started and established his career there yeah um i always knew that i wanted to perform yeah. so i after dancing all those years and doing all those recitals you know we didn't have so you think you could dance or all these dance oh, competitions that no. these kids do uda uca all yeah. of the dance comps yeah. I would have loved that, yeah. but we didn't have it. So uh, I just started taking, um, I started doing uh, musical theater and community mm-hmm. theater. Did you also do gymnastics and stuff like that too? Uh, you know what? I did very little. Okay. I for loved some reason, it. Do your children um, do gym? Your, one of your daughters is a cheer daughter. You're yes, a cheer mom. That's, she did. She did tumbling. Tumbling. And okay. And cheer. Yes. I know I had Competitive that. cheer for years and years, and now she's co-ed cheer at USF. Yeah. Here in Tampa. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, So then how did you get to Orlando from Cleveland? Well, from all of that, uh, of course, I just continued studying, doing theater, high school, community theater, and then uh, went to college at Ohio University. And from Ohio University... Uh, we would do things called NDTAs and OTAs, National I think, Theater Alliance. I think I Alliance. had that once. Yeah. <laughs> was it uh, like a rash? It was. Uh, it was a. <laughs> Did I think it, it was clear a up? cream. It was a cream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- these are big, huge auditions. Ohio Theater Alliance. Oh, okay, gotcha. You know where you go to a hotel and there's like 90 auditors from different theaters okay. from in the surrounding sure. area, and you do callbacks after yeah. you do. Uh, after you do the audition. Well, from there, that's where I met Mitzi Maxwell. Mitzi Maxwell. That's right. And she was hiring people. Mad Cow Theater's Mitzi Maxwell? Or? The very same, but there was no Mad Cow. Uh, of course. Then. This is pre-Mad um, Cow Theater. Yeah. This, of course, is. And I was hired to open Universal Studios Florida. And then I auditioned about a year later for the Walt Disney World. So I worked for Walt Disney World and Universal Studios Mm-hmm. Um, at as, the same time. As do many of us, Yeah, yes. well, this was back in 1989. Wow. Yeah. 
crazy. Yeah, back in the beginning. So you have been in 18, with... 1890, uh, yeah, 1990. So yeah. Universal opened in 90. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you've been, you've been doing this and working with the theme parks a long time. Yeah. Well, Lisa, yeah. I love whenever the rare chances that we get to work together. Occasionally we might be enjoying a little shindig, a little incredible celebration. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I hope maybe Chloe Kennard, your alter ego at Citizens of Hollywood, might yeah. get to hang with Officer Friscom again someday. I hope so, too. My fingers are crossed. He's always fun. But we... We have other things that we do also. She enjoys being arrested by him. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> so let's get back now okay. to the facts of life. Let's go. And um, we are coming back from commercial literally at the same moment where we left with Tootie still hunched over the desk going, holy fucking shit. What am I going to do? Yeah, People are going to find I'm paraphrasing. Um, so she is uh, freaking out. Natalie... Of course, reading the room incorrectly like you have to in a sitcom. I can tell you're speechless with joy. Now, the moment is broken by Mrs. Garrett bringing in the typewriter hmm. that she had borrowed earlier. Hmm, two mentions of this typewriter. I wonder. Let's see where he goes with that. Yeah, I wonder if that might have some important place in the device of the plot. And Natalie leaves, and at this point, Tootie fesses up. And we now have our very special moment mrs garrett moment of her giving her motherly wisdom tootie says i made it all up mrs garrett says what about the letters she says i wrote them myself and um tootie says there for how often we've had problems with tootie hating them treating her like a baby mm -hmm. and like the kid in this one, it's funny because it's almost like it's too much of a good thing. She says, they're treating me like a grown-up, and they're talking about doing these things that I... don't want to do. I don't want to do, but I know if I say no, they're going to go back to calling me a baby again. And it's it's actually pretty good. It's, it's consistent with, like, careful what you wish for because you might get it. That's exactly right. So now they're treating you like a peer, but... As opposed, but, but but the beauty is because she's young, she's not quite old enough yet to understand. You can advocate for yourself. You can say, I don't want to do that just because I don't want to do it. That's why this is such a great rite of passage. Yes. This show. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So she didn't want to be, she didn't want them to tease her. She felt cornered. And Mrs. Garrett comes back with some beautiful advice about, <laughs> there's, do you remember what she said? There's no timetable. You do what feels right for you and uh, the moment you need to have. And I, I do have to point out that I posted on the website um, the, the, the rerun show where Paul Vogt, who mm -hmm. would go on to be on Mad yes. TV, did his Mrs. I think this is what got him the job. This he did his Mrs. Garrett impression. Yes. So fucking hilariously. Brilliant. And you worked with Paul yes. and are very close, close friends with still. him and his twin brother, Peter. Peter, who's the and... godfather to my firstborn. Oh, yeah. He was just here this week. He, well, you were saying that. Yeah. And I know Peter from the old days when we both used to write reviews for the Watermark <laughs> yes. here in town. I was the film critic and he was the, the theater critic. So Peter and I, our paths crossed more. Paul, not so much. Mm-hmm. But um, the fact that you are, you are literally, <laughs> you're somehow two degrees of separation I'm from Kevin the Bacon. actual facts of I'm life. the Kevin Bacon right you, now. You are. <laughs> <laughs> so then we move on back to the cafeteria. 
and uh, somebody says, oh, I've got the list that Mrs. Garrett typed up of all the things we need to bring on the camping trip. Uh Oh, Oh, look at this. Trank turters. And they start reading the list. And it's clear that the, I think what we're working at is the F key is somehow broken that it's typing like the T. So at that point, when it becomes apparent, Natalie says, huh. Uh And then Natalie pulls out a letter that is all stained and crumpled up. (laughs) And she says, "Uh, where did you, they say, where did Blair and Joe say, where do you find that? Blair and Joe say, where did you find that? And Natalie's like, in the garbage. (laughs) So it's like, Natalie, it was pretty funny. But the letter, it's like, I teal your near, but your tar, tar away. So the same thing is happening very quickly, the jig is up. The girls are like... The jig is up. Yeah. She's been making... But that's not how Tootie read the letter because she knows what she wrote. Yeah. I thought to myself, how did this not get noticed before? Well, yeah. Tootie was reading them aloud. Mm-hmm. So that makes up for it. Someone says, why would she do that? And Blair says, huh, well, she did it to make a fool out of Blair Warner. And Joe says, you don't need Tootie to do that. Brilliant. <laughs> Great job, Joe. And Blair says, I had plans for her. And very quickly, the girls realize, oh, we were kind of giving her a hard sell and pushing her towards it. And and I think Natalie says, face it, we drove her to hunk a hunk a burn in love. <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> And then the thing is, well, what do we do now that we know? What do we do? What do we say when we see her? And Joe, Joe very nicely says, we keep pretending. We don't tell her. And that was kind of nice for Joe to be the one. Save her from the embarrassment. Yeah. And let her tell us. Yeah. And then Blair, another funny moment. Blair says, well, I swear I am never going to meddle in Tootie's love life ever again. And if I do, she turns to Joe and says, I give you permission to stop me. And Joe. <laughs> Evil grin. Lovely. She just, oh, she <laughs> revels in it. So then we come back into the parlor. Tootie is on the phone trying to find out from the operator if anyone had tried to directory assistance. <laughs> She's trying to get the phone yeah. number for Teddy. I just realized I said directory assistance. That's not a <laughs> no. term anyone modern day would understand. Nobody would know That's that. That's calling the operator and asking mm-hmm. for a phone number. So she's like, did anyone look for a number for a Teddy dude guy? And she's like, I know you're not the only operator. I was taking a shot. <laughs> then a very weird moment happens. Huh. Zach comes in. Right. The boy with the lanterns. Correct. We learn he's just there to drop them off as part of the thing. When he comes in, a couple of different people in the audience. Woo! Yes. They give woots. And it's like, what is happening? Well. Other than he is an attractive young man. He's very cute. He's cute. And that's. Maybe it's their way of saying, for Christ's sake, girl, go on a date with <laughs> this guy. Eyes, He's hot. Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Marry him and have his child before he dies. Wow. Okay, let's not get crazy. Okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, this episode is really nice because everybody has these moments of self-awareness. Don't they? Tootie, less so Tootie, but she's the one who has a lesson to learn. But the fact that Blair and Joe and Natalie so very quickly realize they were the ones who drove Tootie to lie. And Natalie's the one that said it. She didn't want to be pushed by you, Blair. Yeah. And then we have this 
lovely moment with Zach where he's like, she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm just here to drop off the She's like, put him, you can just put him down. And he starts to, and she's like, over there, get rid of him. <laughs> so Tootie is being so incredibly cold. And then um, he says to her as he's sort of leaving, he says, well, I'm sorry to hear you're not going to be going on the camping trip. And he stops and he says, I hope it's not my fault that you're not going. I realize I was getting kind of, and Tootie's like, pushy. And he's like, yeah, but I got to tell you, I was under pressure. This is where he admits he was the victim of peer pressure. And the boys were egging him on. And he says, you can only take so many elbows to the ribs before you do what other people expect you to do. Hmm. And he said, I guess girls don't have that problem. (laughs) And Tootie was kind of like, okay. Nice little connecting moment. Perfect. Because now they can both start being honest with each other. Yeah. And so she basically says, okay, maybe I will go on this thing. But no games. She sets a boundary. We love that word nowadays. She says, no games. We're only going to stick to arrowheads when we go on this trail. <laughs> Meaning they're just going to look for artifacts or right. whatever. And, um, and I think he even says, I admire that. Does he say something along the lines of... He says, you got it. Like, yeah. God, the pressure's off me. Now I don't have to try and kiss you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's thinking. Yeah. Because he's scared, too. Yeah. Boys are scared. Oh, totally. They're and scared also, and stupid. Yeah, well, and also, this if it's I, I just want to go on a date with you. If this is what... if Okay, I don't... F- right. Fuck all that other stuff. Yeah, I just want to hang just, out. You're, you're going to say you're going to go just if I lay... If I ease up on you, you're totally still into going out. Fine. You're on. Totally. Right. Yes. Um, don't be somebody you're not exactly what a wonderful lesson a very special facts of life (laughs) so um, as they leave um, the girls come back out into the cafeteria to hear Tootie saying goodbye to Zach and him saying I'll see you that weekend yeah see you at the see you on the hike see you on the the girls and they're all what (laughs) and uh, in a very nice little moment Blair says Judy, you can't go this weekend. And Joe grabs her like she's going to twist her arm because it's like, you told me to. And she's like, no, no, no. I was just going to say, Judy, you can't go because, well, what about Teddy? And Judy was like, oh, um. Judy sits down at the wobbly table. That drives me crazy. Did you see the table of wobble? Of Bad set piece. <sighs> I don't have OCD. But shit like that bothers me to death. <laughs> um, literally, to death. I'm going to sure. die. Um, so the girls don't really chide her a lot. They are they are suddenly very mature about, okay, well, this is cool. and Which is tough to buy into because I've seen girls. Mm-hmm. I have seen girls in my own home <laughs> sit yeah. around a table. Girls Young girls. Sprang from your loins. Well, yeah. and they're friends. Yeah. Yeah. So this was kind of unbelievable, but it was a great moment. Yeah. Because it's only 30 minutes long, this episode. Yeah. And <laughs> so they got to get to it. As Tootie leaves, and she turns to Blair and says, Oh, Blair, by the way, mm. um, Blair, thank you for the surprise you were going to do, but I think Teddy and I are going to be breaking up. And then she leaves. And so we get to close out the episode in this very funny Blair and Joe turning to Natalie. Yeah. And saying... How, How did, did she find out? Uh-huh. 
and <laughs> Natalie is backing up and they're cornering her and they're probably going to beat her to a bloody pulp or something. <laughs> I don't know what the threat was here. And the weirdest thing happens at the end of the episode. When Blair and Joe advance on Natalie with, with who told Tootie, uh, Natalie counters with, <laughs> you know what this means. And they're like, who told her? She doesn't have to make of the boyfriend. Isn't that happy? Natalie's trying to deflect and all that. While they're advancing on her, the credits start running. Show's not over. It's not over. And the credits are running. They've never done this before on the show that I recall in these 38 episodes I've watched. But that's because they really didn't have a button ending. They, yeah. So it was kind of... They've... Believe me, they have had shows without button endings. Oh, yeah. that they've, believe me, this isn't the worst of it. Okay. And then uh, at the end of it, it's Natalie just sort of running off. Like she's about to right. sprint and she's doing it. But when she's about to sprint, it freeze frames and fades out. So they must have been running like 30 seconds long and they could not find any line of dialogue to cut to get this episode to the length they wanted it to be. So they roll the directed by, written by... I think developed by and created Howard Leeds and Ben Starr. I should know this for how many times. And then created by Dick Claire and Jenna McMahon. And it's just so weird to suddenly have text in front of your face when the show, that's such a 21st century thing to have where... Um, There's dialogue still going on and they're running credits. Yeah. So it's just weird. It's a thing that they've never done before. And that's very, very odd. But all in all, I think this was a good episode. I think it was a great episode. It was another of uh, so many great things come to mind. Like, um, oh, what is what is the oh the something something web we weave when first we start oh, to deceive? Oh, the tangled web yes, we weave. That's a big one. Yes, exactly. Yeah, didn't we all hear that growing up? Oh, yeah. Right. And Honesty is the best policy. It's true. And <laughs> and also, honesty is the best way for a dull sitcom episode. Because <laughs> if, if in every Three's Company episode, they would just Love. talk about stuff. <laughs> I mean, and Three's Company is a full-on farce. Oh, I mean, so, such drama such, for I that mean, show. What would have happened if that if they would have gotten in touch with that guy and he would have flown in? Oh yeah. What would that have been like? Yeah. Well, how would how they? Would have, that she would have. I don't know how she would have. I what don't if know. they got in touch with him and he would have been like, "Who's two? I don't know who that is." Click. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, he was a camp counselor. She does say he is an right. actual person, but, but he's but, a counselor. But he he doesn't like remember camp... all those kids. Yeah. I mean, a girl named Tootie. He might have been like, "Yeah, I met." Yeah, this. she's I like remember. ten years younger than yeah. me. <laughs> Well, you hope it's a teenage counselor. Yep. Like, you hope he was maybe 16 or 17 or whatever. Hopefully. But Yeah. And I don't know what Blair's plan was. I don't know if Tootie had faked a return address or something where Blair would have. But honestly, on, in those True. days, it would have been directory assistance. I'd True. like the name for right. for Teddy, whatever she said his name was. And they would have been. It's Klondike 74329. Very close to that. Murray Hill. <laughs> so, Lisa, before I send you away, yeah. before I uh, thank you profusely, the last thing I like to ask my guests for nostalgia purposes: Do you recall any sort of a favorite commercial from this time? Um, my favorite commercial when I was little was the Pearls toothbrush. 
Pearl's toothpaste. Per, per, pearl drops. Pearl tooth drops. Polish. Tooth polish. Not toothpaste. Polish. Tooth polish. Oh my god! I remember mm, that. It's yeah. a great feeling. Yes. Oh, I loved it. Oh my god! And we had no stop pause no. we can rewind and do it again rewind and do it again so when it would come on you'd have to run <laughs> and just to watch it you remember and i oh, i'll gosh. look it up i'll, I'll post it on the website as yeah. far as what constituted tooth polish, polish as opposed from to tooth, paste from probably paste. it was more like a whitening and or they didn't even know a sheen it were back a, then a sheen that thing. was more of a whitening but the thing is do you remember how sexual those commercials were i i didn't Really think I mean, that I didn't way. either. I'm saying, but now yeah. for a little six and seven or eight year old, go uh, yeah. with her tongue going across her teeth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a woman saying, "When you use Pearl Drops tooth polish, your teeth feel so good. You just want to do this." And while she's smiling, <laughs> she closes her eyes and even puts her head back a little bit and <laughs> gives, like you said, this. And it's. It is so clearly. It really is. It is not even disguised as being, okay, I want it to look like you're coming. <laughs> if a woman thinks our tube of whatever might give her her first orgasm. Do it. Then we need <laughs> this to. This is what yeah, we want to say. That's what we're selling. Sex yeah. sells. Love it. And uh, wow, that's so funny yeah. that that was your commercial. Oh, now, did you ever use, actually use course. Your of course. Did it make you go? Mm. Probably. I probably did commercial after commercial after commercial. Yeah, in front of the mirror. Of course, yeah. I'm going to be an actress on And David, commercial. you got to remember, we only had one bathroom in our house. And how many kids? Well, there were three of us. Plus a mommy, a daddy, and a grandma. Yeah. But you had running water. Of course. <laughs> when I was seven. No. <laughs> Well, Lisa, thank you so this much. This has been so for coming fun. Over. Thank, thank you, you for, for inviting doing this. me. I hope this was a fun trip down memory lane for you. It sure was. You. Yes. So I hope we'll have you back soon. We okay. maybe could enjoy this again, and that would be so fun. So okay. until that time, Lisa, thank yes. you and goodbye. Goodbye, David. Mwah. And there you have it. That was Lisa Wolf Pankal. I'm already thinking about what kind of cookies I want to make at our baking get together around the holidays it's always so much fun to be with her to bake with her to perform with her she is just awesome now i did pull up some screen grabs and labeled them and posted them on the website if you're curious as i was about this todd hollowell thing so he is zach in this episode and then it is in season five october of 83 so almost two years later that uh, he reemerges and reappears as this new boy that 2D meets and dates. And uh, the thrust of that very special episode is that he's a football player, I think, but he somehow never learned to read. Uh, we could look forward to that in uh, uh, a few months, a little, little ways down the road. We got a lot more fish to fry before we get there. And then I did look ahead to see when his last appearance was. And that was in March of 88. And at this point, Tootie and Jeff are engaged. And the episode is about how they are going to break the news to his overbearing grandmother. Um, I don't think they're together the entire five-year span between their meeting in 83 and their engagement in 88. I think there's a couple years of break in there, but uh, we will all discover that together, won't we? That's going to be lots and lots of fun as we continue down this crazy road of nostalgic insanity. 
Next week, I'm going to be watching Season 3, Episode 10, entitled, Cousin Jerry Returns. Though, didn't she already return in the uh, Friend Indeed episode with Monica and the breast cancer and all that? Well, well, never mind. We're not going to go there. (laughs) Anyway, my special guest is going to be actress, comedian, dancer, and former Rockette, Joy Anderson. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle FaceTheFactsPod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs>